Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Aidan Locke, President and CEO of Maramaca Copper. We're developing the Maramaca Oxide project in northern Chile. Uh, you know, it's a very unique development stage copper project, uh, industry-leading low capital costs, very competitive cash costs, and, and really outstanding return on investor capital metrics. Hayden, good to speak to you again. Uh, we only spoke a month ago, but pretty exciting headline came out this morning. Couldn't resist picking up the phone. How are you? And you must be quite pleased with yourself. Yeah, we're, we're really pleased. And I think, you know, I'm somewhat surprised. You know, you're always happy when you're you're drilling where you think there's going to be mineralization to get uh, a, pl- a pleasant surprise of broader widths and higher grades than, than you were expecting. And so we're very excited about these drill results and what they potentially mean for uh, the Maramaca project and and the potential uh, for us to change the scale and and I guess address that one weakness that I've always referred to you, uh, Matt, which is just that it's it's not the biggest copper project in the world. Well, well, th- we sh- we need to talk about this and maybe talk about some of the numbers involved here because that was the one criticism I, you know, I had early early days here. The intervals are large; they are well above average grade. They're high grade in, in the context of of copper. It changes the dynamic of the economics significantly. What does that mean for the feasibility study? Are you going to delay it? Yeah, we're, we're absolutely going to delay it, and I think the reason that we are. Um, is because we we have a view, just eyeballing this, uh, that this should be captured in an updated open pit. Uh, we've obviously got some work to do to make sure that that's the case, uh, but then we would ideally go straight into infill drilling this and trying to get a resource, which would then be captured in an updated uh, open pit. Obviously, we would want to have the biggest scale project that we can to take into that feasibility study. And based on these results, we see this as an important part of ensuring that we have that decent mine life uh, at a at a potentially increased scale for the project. Okay, so what does that actually mean? What does that convert to in terms of dollars that you're going to need to spend? How much infill drilling are you going to need to uh, do? And how long does that delay the feasibility study for? Um, so we haven't quantified yet how much drilling needs to be done there, but you know, rough back of the envelope, we, we would target getting this into an indicated category, which would require a 50 by 50 metre drill spacing. Uh, there's quite a few re-entry holes that we can go into there, but call it somewhere between 15 and 20,000 metres of drilling. That puts it somewhere in the area of four to six million dollars for that portion of it. I mean, these are very rough numbers, um, back of the envelope. Uh, we are going to continue to move the other aspects of the project forward. So we're going to infill drill the mod. We're going to take the inferred resource that's there up to the indicated category in preparation for us kicking off that feasibility study. Um, so we've got a lot of drilling to do in the next probably four to five months. Um, but I would be hoping that we can we can sort of have largely addressed this. Uh, by the end of Q1 next year, um, going into Q2, and then that would be a logical point for us to to start the feasibility study once we once we actually have this updated resource in our hands. Okay. Well, while you've got the back of the envelope, out, what does that potentially mean? In ter- and you can give me a range in terms of what you would like to be able to announce in terms of the uh, re- the resource and the the potential scale of this. Um, well, look, we are, we are going to put out some exploration targets, so I won't say anything about it yet. We're, we're doing that work internally, and obviously Sergio is a very diligent geologist, uh, and so he wants to make sure that he's confident in the numbers that we put out. But we will put out an announcement to try and quantify these because we think it's important that the investors know why we're going to be spending more money on this. You know, we've got to have an objective in mind, and I think um, those exploration targets, which are not resources, but we'll, we'll be able to quantify the size of the prize, 
and the reason that we'll be doing more work on it. So I think watch this space. We'll put that out at some point in the next month or two um, once we've done this internal work to make sure that it actually will be captured in, the, in an updated open. Can you give some sort of sense, a sense of you know, how you're going to go about doing this? I saw a couple of charts in the, um, the announcement. Um, are you able to maybe just talk, talk us through what the significance of you know, why the charts are there and, more importantly, the, the path forward as you envisage it today? Yeah, so look, I'll show you the um, the diagrams that we we put in the announcement. Uh, you know, I love to share my screen. Um, so really, we're focused on this sort of central southern area of the Maramaca oxide deposit. This red dotted line is the is the current pit outline. As you see, we've actually expanded the scale of the lower grade halo around this mob. There is a lot of material around here that we have the view will be at some point captured in some sort of uh, mine plan in the future. But really, this is the area that we're going to be focusing on. Uh, in that you know, analysis and, and sort of infill program, assuming that we get confidence um, that this will be captured in an updated resource estimate. Um, you know, there is quite a lot of drilling to be done um, and quite a lot of work on the MET side to be done um, in order to get us you know, to those high levels of confidence. Um, so you know, a big work program coming up. And I think fortunately we are fully funded for all of this work. Uh, so we're, there's, there's no issues with budget. We're just gonna make sure we spend it wisely. Okay. Um, and what was the other diagram? Uh, well, look, we, sh we showed a couple of sections just to really <clears throat> give an idea of how important these drill holes are and, and why we're so excited about them. Um, because what you see here is this is the outline of the PEA open pit. And in this sort of brown, orangey colour here is the extension uh, drill holes. And in this one, we're hitting 80 metres at nearly 0.8%. But as you see, it's sort of two thirds of it is below, directly below the open pit. Uh, but if you see this orange dotted line, that is the previously interpreted top of the sulfides. And anything that was interpreted to be sulfides wouldn't have been captured in our previous resource. Now, what this drill hole shows us is a lot of this area that was previously defined as sulfide is now coming out as a mixed uh, leachable material. And so, you know, obviously work to be done, but just logically and, and eyeballing this, you would expect <clears throat> all of this to be captured in an updated open pit. So that's why we're so excited about it. <clears throat> we think it's it's really a potentially high valued rock for us. And so, you know, we, we, we definitely want to spend the money to, to quantify how important it's going to be. It's, it's kind of interesting times in, in, in terms of the market at the moment. We've had a bunch of copper uh, companies come on of a certain size, small, um, and not quite clear about how they kind of wind their way forward. I think, Potentially, depending on what you come back with this infill program and, and, and with the sense of the scale here, you could start to differentiate yourself a, a little bit from, from those guys in what is a really positive bull environment for copper. Um, and in, you know, in, in what, in 12 months, we've not seen a story that looks capable of advancing meaningfully at scale and the markets, well, obviously the market's a little bit confused at the moment with investing in mining, but how, how do you how do you see um, the future for copper companies going forward? I mean, we talk about needing all the copper we can find, but how do you move from discovery through to production or exploration through to production? Because no one seems to be able to tell that story well at the moment. Yeah, and look, I think this project is very, very unique in the copper development space. I mean, I constantly get this feedback from people who say, when we screen the industry, you screen incredibly favourably on you know just about every metric. Um, you know, I've said it multiple times with you, Matt, on this on on your on your show that we are very low capital cost. 
uh, as a result of much lower financing risk than many of these big projects that require multiple billions of capital costs and therefore need a strategic partner in order to move the project forward. We don't need that. We know that we can finance this ourselves. Um, so we're unique on that perspective. Our location in the low coastal range in Chile means that our execution risk on all fronts is significantly lower than many of the other copper development peers that you'll see. Um, so it really is a very unique project um, in the sense that it can be a mine in a relatively short timeline. And as we know, the typical timelines from discovery to development can be 20, 20 years. Um, in this case, we have a very clear path. What we need to do is this final little bit of work to really lock down what scale of development we would like to build in the future. And, and then we can do the feasibility study based on that. So a much shorter development timeline, I think, is the real unique selling point for this project. And what do you mean by self-financed? Because obviously you're going to go out and need to raise some capital, but are you, are you kind of sensing or you're having conversations which suggest that people are very, or institutions are very keen to invest in copper projects with the right economics, but just no one's there at the moment because we get, we get requests all the time, recommendations for copper companies. Yeah, well, and I, I think if you look at it, for, for many copper companies, especially those with big porphyry developments, amazing big porphyry developments, but market caps of say $200 million, um, it, is a, it is a real stretch to believe that you can finance a billion dollar equity check from a $200 million market cap. I mean, that's, it's, it can be done, but it's, it's very challenging. You know, the dilution for your current shareholders is enormous. Ours is, is obviously the complete opposite of that. We have a market cap of somewhere around $400 million and we have an equity check, we believe, of somewhere between 80 and 120 million. So it's, it's not a big amount of our company that we will be selling in order to finance this. We know that there's debt available um, because there's a, you know, there's a lot of groups that are approaching us to talk about this project. The metrics, um, when we run them internally, show that this is you know, very easily debt financeable. And we know that there are a lot of people who want exposure to copper and they're finding it quite hard to uh, find areas to play in. And I think you know, the, the obvious, um, I guess, data point for how much interest there is in copper is the Sandfire transaction on, on Matza, where they raised $1.2 billion in equity. Uh, and it was, from all accounts, three times oversubscribed. So there's definitely money available. Um, I think the development stories that are out there have much longer timelines. And so, you know, the, the real appetite for that risk is still uh, not as not as great as it is in the sort of producer landscape. But if we can present something that's going to go into production, we're, we're very confident that there'll be money available for us, meaning that we don't need a strategic partner, which is, which is the real, um, I think, trump card for us as a, as a story. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.